I got what you want, I know what you want I got what you need, I know what you need I got what you like, I know what you like I got what you love, I am your plug And we are back Back again, it's another episode of the Hoop Plug Yes sir, and as always, rocking with you It's your main man for us in the building and I got with me on this beautiful afternoon, Memorial Day. Happy holidays hey. to everybody. My boy, Tyler in the building. Yes, sir. Excited to be back. We've got a full show, a lot to get to. Celtics overcoming Marcus Smart's irrational confidence, the KD Kyrie drama in Brooklyn, and why the Knicks are responsible for Boston's first finals appearance in 12 years. <laughs> you heard it right. Faraz, how on. you feeling? I was just about to ask you the same question, brother. I'm feeling good, man. It's Memorial Day. Got the day off from work. I'm feeling nice, as my boy Popcorn would say. So, you know, we're going to keep it going. And uh, I just turned 26. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, yes. Big birthday. Shout out to the guy, the co-host, the greatest. Bro. Hey, Big shouts you, out, bro. And um, yeah, man, I'm feeling good, too, because... I feel like, as a Knicks fan, an, an honorary uh, <laughs> NBA Finals team. Like I, I feel, I feel like I'm getting the respect we deserve, right? The, the thanks, the gratitude, all, all that. Yeah, it's, it's a good spot, good time to be a Knicks fan. Well, I feel, I feel a little confused, but uh, I'm sure you're gonna, you're gonna get into that a little bit later on to the episode. So I ain't gonna make you explain yourself too much right now. You know that. Because um, I want to start the show in, in a different way. Uh, something that's also funny to most. Because NBA is kind of a funny thing, right? Three years ago, the Nets got KD. They got Kyrie. And at that point in time, I bet all Nets fans would have swore they'd be in the finals at least once, twice. <laughs> if not last year, definitely this year, right? They would have all sworn on that. But we are three years later. And... Um, in two of those three years, Brooklyn Nets haven't won one playoff game. And it's just so funny to me, so ironic, if you will, that the team Kyrie left for and the team KD left for are now playing each other in the NBA Finals. Yeah, sip the tea. It's, 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 it's appropriate right now. I'm, I'm glad you understood the metaphor of exactly what I was doing. Don't get me wrong. I needed to get hydrated. But at the same time, it was all too well fitting. Um, Ty... Beautiful point, brother. I, I think nothing more needs to be said than the metaphorical T-sip. Let's just talk about the misfortunes of the Brooklyn Nets, bro. If you look at the roster surrounding them, man, they have like a very good chance from the beginning to win championships. You know what I mean? Now you add in the fact that James Harden shed his fat suit on that long walk over to Brooklyn from Houston. You know what I'm saying? We thought this team was going to be unbeatable, man. You know? Um, just a short two years later, James Harden no longer on that squad and looking like a shadow of his former self. Kyrie Irving finally had the COVID band lift, but it w lifted and it wasn't enough. And Kevin Durant already understands the trials and tribulations of carrying a team for a long season, multiple injuries throughout. You know what I'm saying? He's a killer. You know what I'm saying? Those shoulders, they're high off the ground, but he's too mm. skinny for all that weight. You there's know what a, I'm saying? There's a lot of baggage. Ain't enough room in this form for all your baggage. Shout out. Whoever made that freestyle. I think it's Simba, man. Bodied that freestyle. Look up the Simba freestyle. That's a complete sidebar. But back to basketball. Okay. Um, 
There's, that's not the end of the turmoil, right? Like, we are into the offseason. The Nets aren't even playing basketball games, and the drama's still rolling in. The latest, Kevin Durant and the Nets front office haven't spoken since the season ended. Then a couple days later, we're hearing that the Nets are rumored unwilling to sign Kyrie to a long-term extension. And for rightful reasons. But I heard that news and I thought, wait, these two, these two things are related. If you're the Nets front office, I'll be more. Uh, what's his name? What's the, do you remember the GM's name? Sean Marks, that's it. Yeah. I'll I'm be sorry, I wouldn't have sorry. been able to help you out at all either way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you remembered. <laughs> but, all right. If I'm the Nets front office and Sean Marks, I'm like, we need to do what's best for the Nets. We can't just bend the will of Katie and Kyrie, right? Kyrie is already talking about, oh, yeah, well, this is where I wanted to do. Me and KD are going to run the ship here. We don't need a coach. We're going to be the GMs. Nah, you're not. Sean Marks needs to kind of distance himself from Kevin Durant so he can do what's best for the Brooklyn Nets. Because that doesn't technically mean keeping Kyrie. And you have to be able to make that move without it coming off like KD shipped Kyrie out. Like what happens with LeBron. So to do that, you have to put out the story, oh, KD hasn't talked to the front office in weeks. So now if you don't offer Kyrie... It doesn't look like it was KD saying, no, Kyrie, we, do, we can win without him. So I thought those two were related. And then we get the bomb. This hasn't been picked up as much. I don't know if there's as much credence behind it. But we hear the rumors now that if the Nets let Kyrie walk, Kevin Durant could demand a trade. So it's common knowledge that Durant is committed to playing with Kyrie. He said as much at his postseason or end of season presser. But the report and the rumor that letting Kyrie walk would open the door for KD to leave as well really makes this Brooklyn situation a little scary. Because you're just kind of facing the possibility that this could all be a three-year experiment for nothing. Seven wins in the playoffs getting you a second-round exit. Yeah, uh, Ty, you really you hit all the, the main points on the head, right? Um, there's a lot of different perspectives here, right? And obviously, I'm going to start off with the most obvious perspective to everyone listening at home and, and more so us for the most part, right? As fans, we want to see this team stay together, right? This team is so great if you just look at the on-paper roster. They've got to win a championship. So you want to see the Brooklyn Nets franchise do everything that they can to keep this team together, right? And to be quite frank, you know, this Brooklyn Nets team cannot win without Kyrie. You know, KD cannot win without Kyrie and vice versa. Kyrie cannot win without KD. But you made a very, very important point um, when you were earlier on in your point when you were talking about Sean Marks. You've got to draw the line in the sand and let it be known. At the end of the day, you guys are two of the top 10 players in the NBA, but you guys are not the GM James. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just what it comes down to. And Kyrie's time with LeBron in Cleveland, although great for his career, I personally think was detrimental. You know what I mean? Because I know Kyrie, or no, I'm not going to backtrack, I don't know Kyrie, but I, seem, I feel <laughs> like I understand his personality, right? He feels as if he was the person who should have been MVP, and he feels he's the one who won that championship with arguably the greatest player of all time on, his, on the floor with him, right? So there's a certain level of confidence that comes with that, right? And to be in the league, you have to be egotistical, almost egotistical to a fault, right? 
Um, but he sees that earlier on in his career. LeBron at that point had been 12 to 15 years in the league at that point, right? So he had earned his stripes, earned his ranks to be able to do whatever it is that he wants. And LeBron is not an everyday guy. You know what I mean? Not to say that we've seen players like Kyrie before. His handles are probably the best we've ever seen. But you'll get another Kyrie before you get another LeBron James, if you get what I'm trying to say. And I say all that to say this, even with KD there, um, these guys don't run the team. You know what I mean? And they need to do something about that coach because I love Steve Nash. Everybody loves Steve Nash. But at the end of the day, hugs don't win championships, <laughs> you know? Um, but no, there's a lot of there's a lot of important points you made. And then Kyrie being there, right? I wouldn't pay him long term as a general manager, as a coach, as someone in that front office, because at the end of the day, he hasn't proven to me one that he wants to be there long term and he's not there for the team. Again, we all have our beliefs. I'm glad that he stood strong for his. And at the end of the day, the COVID, um, the COVID re uh, requirements and restrictions were lifted. You know what I mean? But dude, they've needed him all season. A big part as to why they had this early bow out in the playoffs is because of the regular season rankings, right? If they had this full squad, if they had been three, two in the Eastern Conference like they were projected to be, the whole situation would be a little bit different. So um, there's a lot of points, important points that you brought up. Um, and the most important one being is if Kyrie leaves, KD's leaving, they blew up this team for no reason. They got James Harden, lost James Harden, and <laughs> all they're left with is Ben Simmons. Man, what a shitty predicament to be in. <laughs> yeah, and they lost a bunch <clears throat> of picks, and they lost Claxton. No, they don't. It was Claxton, my fault. And they lost Jared Allen, and they lost Karis LeVert, and they lost Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, it would be a disaster. It would be a disaster. D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell. Going back to drawing the line in the sand, I think it's okay if, if KD is pulling strings in the front office, but Kyrie definitely shouldn't. Ky Kyrie... As talented as he is, and you went into it, you don't even know if he's going to play half the games. He's injury prone, and he always finds a reason other than basketball to not play basketball. So you got to count on that for at least one week of the season. So, I mean, I think we're on the same page. It's going to be interesting. We'll see what they decide to do. The two biggest off-seasons for me are the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. They got some real decisions to make, but if they play their cards right – they could be where the Boston Celtics and Golden State Warriors are next year. As soon as next year. You've said it 100%, man. I've been seeing a trend for us, and I don't like it. Looking at Twitter, and people are saying this year's playoffs have been boring. And I disagree, man. Do y'all remember the first round? Maybe it's because a lot of y'all look back thinking Brooklyn was going to make it to the finals. I don't know, but... <laughs> The first round was phenomenal. We had John Morant in the West going crazy. Yeah. Uh, we had Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly thinking he was Kobe Bryant. We had like, there was a lot going on. And the conference semis were just as good. The conference finals sucked. I will give you that. We had more blowouts than I've ever seen. Um, yeah. And until game seven last night, nothing had been interesting. But it's just recency bias to me, like, the playoffs have been entertaining, as entertaining as last year at least. So um, I'm not sure where it's really coming from. Yeah, man. People are quick to forget, bro. It really shows the nature of us as human beings for the most part, right? Short month ago, not even two months ago. It hasn't even been that long, right? We're watching 16 teams battle it out. Don't Let's not even talk about how entertaining the playing round was, right? People forget. Uh, 
Just as short as a month ago, we were saying this is one of the most exciting playoffs we've seen in a long time. One of the most evenly balanced playoffs we've seen in a long time, right? And that stayed true through and through, again, like you mentioned, until the conference finals, right? And it's a shame. You had a seven-game uh, uh, conference finals series go on in the Eastern Conference, right? And the five-game blowout in the West was a much better series. It, it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy. We had Game 7 in the Miami-Boston series, as we know. Boston to get home, winning that four to three. And Celtics fans, on behalf of Nick Nation, you are welcome. All right. We know this season one isn't always sunshine and roses for you guys. You started 18 and 20, and um, it made sense. It was good journalistic work that shortly after winning the Eastern Conference, our NBA reporter asked Jason Tatum. When was the moment where it all started to change? Your season turned around and things started to shift. Jason Tatum, he was honest. He gave an honest answer and he said, blowing the 25-point lead in the garden to the New York Knicks with R.J. Barrett hitting the game winner right over me was the moment when things changed. And Knicks <laughs> Nation, on behalf of you, I am saying to Celtic Nation, you're welcome. <clears throat> you're welcome for lighting a fire. You're welcome for being a source of inspiration, for spurring a run to the NBA Finals. <laughs> that was all. Hold <laughs> on, well, I messed up the clap. I was trying to start with a very slow clap and gradually move into a standing ovation. But Ty, that was beautiful. Can't you see this tear rolling down my my right <laughs> eye, my right cheek, man? Like, oh man, that was beautiful. But now, nah, um. That's amazing, right? That's amazing because you said it right. This Celtics started off their season abysmally, abysmally. You know what I mean? It was a horrible start to the season. Started off under 500 in their first 38 games. You mentioned it. R.J. Barrett was looking like the MVP of the league in that game. You know what I mean? Right over Jason Tatum. though. Into, mm. I think he had 40 that game, if I'm not mistaken. Went crazy. And every, Went, Evan Fournier was hitting everything. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. Great, great night for the Knicks. Um, with that being said, uh, you mentioned it. The run that they've gone on since has been pretty spectacular. You know what I mean? And I think it's important, and it's finally time. I've been trying to make this point for, for this entire episode, right? We've gotten to the Miami-Boston series. And to be quite frank, when the season started, shoot, I'll even go back to the playoffs, right? Besides the fact that these guys are ranked one and two, these, for me, out of all the teams in the playoffs, or I should say at least for the Eastern Conference, I, this was, the for me, the least likely matchup to happen in the Eastern Conference. I felt these were the two weakest teams, regardless of what their rankings were. Uh, I think they took advantage of good teamwork, regular season, where other teams like the Brooklyn Nets had just had a horrible regular season. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks were there. I mean, if you look at who was in that Eastern Conference, you're thinking, okay, the Sixers are there. Miami Heat and Boston Celtics? Eh, you know what I mean? The Celtics, they start picking up some momentum after they, they sweep the Nets. Let's not forget about that. But besides that, man, it was a pretty boring Eastern Conference Finals between two teams who I did not expect to be there until Game 7 where things picked up a little bit, you know? Yeah. And uh, Game 7. <sighs> I mean, I think we understand, right? To get to the NBA... Not only does it take immense skill, you got to be lucky, you got to end up being at least 6-1. You got to have to be extremely confident. And, and Jalen Rose, big fan of the guy, called, coined the term irrational confidence players, right? 
You got guys like honorable mention Dion Waiters, some of the goats in this category like J.R. Smith, uh, and some up and comers like Dylan Brooks, who was out of his mind shooting, shooting everything in sight. Uh, but an irrational confidence guy that needs to be talked about right now is, is Marcus Smart. Because Boston somehow found a way to overcome him thinking he was Steph Curry in game six and shooting the last five shots <laughs> in the game, in a closed game, in a game seven against the Miami Heat. Like Marcus Smart, there is a reason you're open, bro. There is a reason and a good one. <laughs> oh, wow. He played pretty good game seven. Like he ended up with 23 points. Didn't shoot too far, but yeah. Not not from a good percentage, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, irrational confidence going wrong. Marcus Smart. That deep point done got to his head, man. Hey, man, you ain't wrong at all. This dude thinks he's out here thinking he's GP. <laughs> Listen, Marcus Smart, you're good on defense, but you are not Gary Payton, my brother. Hold it down. You know what I mean? Um, but you said it. There's a reason why he's open. And honestly, Jalen Rose needs to trademark that term because that's – you cannot describe it any better. And I like to think I'm an irrational confidence guy. You know what I'm saying? You see me pull up to the wreck. You know, you're thinking, ah, okay. I'm I will vouch for you. You are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Working. <laughs> you got to let them know what time it is. Shoot, man. I'd be out there looking like a like a all-star reserve. No, let me let me chill out. You know? But uh, with that being said, no, it's, I think it's, it's a beautiful term. But no. Marcus Smart proved to us uh, the definition of what that means last night. But in all seriousness, no, the game was really, really close. Um, you had Jalen Brown. You had Jason Tatum doing what they do. Marcus Smart, the three of them combined for over 70 points. Um, you had a good game, from, great game from Jimmy Butler until the end there. Missed shot. But uh, Bam Adebayo stepped up on the offensive end of the floor. And Kyrie, I'm not going to tell you Kyle Lowry showed up. But, I mean, he gave you a little bit, you know, enough to not you know, completely call him up a bum, you know what I'm saying? Because he was playing horribly the rest of the finals, or the Eastern Conference finals. But, yeah, so it was a good game. Um, I think it's so fitting that the Celtics won the Eastern Conference finals in the first year that the Larry Bird MVP trophy has been given Thanks. out. Um, no better way than Jason Tatum, the next up-and-coming Celtic, to win it, you know? So that's going to give them some momentum going into the finals against the Warriors for sure. Yeah, and as the NBA always does, they handle these things with class. They had a former Celtic legend out there to hand Jason Tatum with his Eastern Conference player or whatever, Conference Finals MVP trophy. Um, so uh, I saw it. I knew it as soon as it happened. A lot of folks are going to focus on that three-point attempt by Jimmy Butler. Was it a bad shot? I personally don't think so. I was pulling for the Celtics because we just trashed the Heat on the last podcast and I wasn't trying to look bad. <laughs> but when he took that shot... I was holding my breath. I thought that was a good look, and I'm not hearing it from anyone that says it otherwise. I, I'm not with it. But what I really want to know is, why did Tatum and, and Bam shake hands like they were teammates after the game? Like, Bam, <laughs> smiling ear to ear. Smiling ear to ear. And I'm thinking about, like, what is it? I had to look up, like, did they play Contract together? Or... No. Did they play in high school together? No. They were friends in eighth grade, but that's not enough. That's not enough. Nah, I figured nah. it out. Why were they so excited? Because Bam is playing for the Celtics. Bam is a Celtic, bro. Until game seven, <laughs> Bam has been awful. And it's for a reason. He's really wearing green and white on the inside. Bro, it seems like it, man. Um, 
I'm trying to figure out if this fool is in a contract year, right? Because he was looking a little too extra friendly, man. He's like, all right, I'm going to sell out. You know what I'm saying? Um, next season, you're going to see me in the green and white. We're going to be at TD Garden. You know, you guys need someone to replace Al Horford. I'm basically the better version of Al Horford. I know that's what <laughs> they were saying. That's basically, they're covering their mouth. That's what they were saying. You know what I mean? So, but now, nah, um, you said it. Really, really surprising how poor Bam Adebayo had been playing throughout this Eastern Conference Finals. And I'd argue for majority of the playoffs, except for that Sixers series, right? I don't know why everybody looked like a bully against the Sixers. Shouts out to Fick, right? <laughs> <laughs> so shifting to the other side of things in the Western Conference, we had Dallas losing the gentleman's suite to Golden State 4-2-1. And that leak in the ceiling... The one that had Mark Cuban pulling his hair out on the sidelines felt like foreshadowing. Yo, Mark Cuban was pissed. <laughs> My boy is one of the richest owners in the league and still couldn't fix the roof. Yeah, man. Foreshadowing it was. Um, and the way that I took it actually was that the leak was a metaphorical leak, as in this roster has a leak. There's mm. some holes that need to be filled. You know what I'm saying? That this roster, you know. Poetic, bro. Thank you, fam. You know what I'm saying? Come from come from a long line of poets now playing. But uh yeah, dude. No, to be quite frank, though, I think it was a foreshadowing, like you mentioned, of exactly how their season went. You know, it's a it's a team that not too many expected, just like Dallas, a, a city that whenever they get that far, nobody ever expects them. Big city, but at the same time, somewhat of a small NBA market. It's weird. You know what I mean? Very much a hometown team. You don't have too many Dallas fans in New York, is what I'm trying to say, you know. Um, with all that being said, though, man, this roster definitely outperformed the city. You know, Dallas, Dallas, Texas in general likes to think of itself as hard working. You know what I mean? So these guys worked hard. They shattered the expectations. They got further than anybody expected them to believe. I think in the Western Conference, they probably were the team everyone expected to be bound out in the first round. Not to say that Luka wasn't capable of doing it. It's just that's how weak the rest of the roster was surrounding him. But uh you mentioned it, Dallas, they escaped getting sweeped, you know, but man, what a tough series it was for them except for game four, you know? Yeah, and I don't think we have to spend too much time on it. We did put the nail in the coffin before game five was played because we knew they had about reached their potential, um, but that doesn't overstate what a good season it was for Luka and the Mavs, and you, we know how good Luka is. They're going to be back. They're going to be back yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right, but what we all want to talk and about. And real quick, real quick, real quick. And shouts out to us, man. I mean, we predicted that game four with confidence. Yeah, you know, they're going to win game four. Luka's going to have a trip dub. Spencer Denwood's going to have 20. Jalen's going to have 20, which is basically, for the most part, exactly what happened. So, and shouts out to us. Game five loss. So, yeah, big shouts to the hoop plug. If you want to hear it first, keep it locked. <laughs> yes, sir. But do not, we do not condone any gambling addictions. Please call the gambling hotline if you have any gambling addictions. Nah, That's playing. facts. <laughs> <laughs> and we are not liable. All right. Yes. So... Warrior Celtics. Golden State will have home court advantage in their sixth, yes, sixth finals appearance in the last eight years. It's on the other side, Boston Celtic teams, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown in their first finals, Boston Celtics in their first finals in 12 years since they did it with Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and the game. Yeah, man, it's going to be an exciting playoffs, man, but let's be real here. Everybody know what's, knows what this result is going to be in probably five, more than likely six games. 
Um, we have an experienced veteran team. And Ty's looking at me. He's like, yeah, might not even take that many. But we have an experience. Oh. <laughs> is, that, is that what your face was? That's what I took at it. No, took no, it no, at go it. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. But we have an experienced veteran Warriors team that's been here. I think it's now, what, seven out of the last nine years? Is it six out of the last eight years? Something crazy. Something LeBron-like. Only something LeBron and Michael Jordan can do. Uh, with all that being said, though, you have a young Celtics team who have, again, surpassed all expectations for the season. First year head coach being led by the double-headed monster of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Can it be enough for the cold city of Boston, you know, mm. in the sunshine state of California? Well, California, not even the sunshine state, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Bro, while we're at the same finish line... I think we're getting there a little bit differently. So I think the Golden State Warriors are going to win this too. But I think Boston's very capable. So I have this going in six or seven to Golden State. And that's because Golden State is the true three and layups offense, right? That's Steph, Clay. They got monsters on the perimeter. Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole. And then they have Kevin, Kevon Looney, um, Draymond inside, right? They, Boston kind of matchups well. We know how good their defense is. Didn't um, even mention we, Andrew Wiggins, who's an all-star. That's Andrew Wiggins, another beast from the perimeter. My fault. But, but you yeah, good, you good. Boston defense is for real, man. And um, we got to look at this run that they've already made and, and who they've beaten. And if they were to pull this off, which I think is in their grasp, obviously, right? They're here. They're going to play <laughs> seven games, if not four at least. Um, but... I think I think it's a possibility. I think it's a possibility just because of how how they match up. You got Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, all plus defenders. Um, I think it's it's gonna be close, closer than than five games. But what I really wanted to get to, what I really wanted to discuss with you, is that many credit Dirk Nowitzki with the toughest road to the finals, toughest road to a championship in the last twenty two years since two thousand. And that happened in 2011 when he faced Portland in round one. That was LaMarcus Aldridge, Brandon Roy. Lakers, the defending champs in round two, Kobe, Paul, Bynum. OKC, the year before they made their run to the finals, and then chopped it off with the big three heatles the year before they went back to back. Now, what Boston already has done Defeated the Nets, KD and Kyrie. That's pretty comparable to the Miami Big Three, right? In 2011 for Dallas, LeBron was the best player that Dirk faced. In 2022 for Boston, KD was the best player that Boston has faced. And unforeseen collapses from both of those stud players in these championship years for the underdog teams. Okay, then we had Boston play... The Milwaukee Bucks, again, defending champs. It's crazy the parallels where we had Dallas play the defending champs Lakers and the arguable best player at the time, Kobe, versus arguable best player at the time, Giannis. Oh, I guess I just defused what I said. But either way, <laughs> about KD being the best player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, either I was going to say you, that, but I was going to let you do your thing, brother. I know how that goes. I didn't even realize that. I take that back. Giannis, as I've said on record, he's still my best player. But to continue with the comparison, then you had the conference finals. They just beat the Heat, who are the number one seed. I think that's most lines up with the Portland matchup. And then Golden State, the truest of true dynasties. If they're able to pull this off, this is legitimately 
the hardest run to the finals that we've seen in the last 20 years. Um, beautiful point. And for me, although I'm not 100% there, I do agree with you. This is one of the hardest runs to the finals we've ever seen. The only reason why I'm giving a little credit to Dirk is because of some of the names that he faced. I'm not even thinking about the first round. I'm thinking about Kobe, Pau, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, um, <laughs> LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. When you say it like that, it sounds crazy, right? But in the same breath, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sh- Jimmy, we'll throw Jimmy in there. Steph like, Curry, Clay but, Thompson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. The, the, although I'm with you on the comparison to the final, I would have thought that you would have compared the Heatles to the Warriors, right? Because of the amount of like talent on both teams. But with all that being said, bro, you're you're spot on with that. I'm going to give Dirk the slight nudge because of the timing of everything in the league. LeBron had just made his announcement. But if Jason Tatum and them can do it in convincing fashion and confidently beat the Warriors, I'm not saying sneak it out in seven games. I'm saying if they surprise us and beat us in five and six, beat them in five and six, you could, we got to throw some respect on that name. Because you mentioned again, um, Kevin Durant, top three guy in the league. Giannis, top three. I think this season has been, like you mentioned, the best player in the NBA. I think Kevin Durant is the best player in the world right now. Um, LeBron can be. He's he's 38. You know what I'm saying? He's still in that conversation. But Giannis is in the best form. You know what I mean? So regardless, though, we're still on the same page, right? Um, But they have a very, very tough opponent in these Golden State Warriors, right? Um, And the surprising thing is this Warriors team has got their chemistry back like they weren't battling injuries all season. It looks like they played 82 games with this roster. They're on fire, man. And the more games they play together, the scarier it's going to be. But we again, I'm quick to, you know what I'm saying, just kind of toss away the Celtics, right? But we can't forget what they did to get here. You know what I mean? They have a solid squad. And you mentioned it. Their defense is arguably the best in the league. Marcus Marcus Smart is going to put some clamps on Steph, as much as you can clamp Steph, right? They have probably the best possible matchup for the Golden State Warriors. You know what I mean? Facts. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait. I'm pissed we got to wait till Thursday. This hiatus is crazy. Five Is it five days? We got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's four days. We got to wait to see game one. But I'll tell you what, on Thursday, I'm going to be ready popcorn in hand. To watch a heavyweight bout between the Boston Celtics and Golden State Warriors. And on that Monday, following game two or game three, we're going to be back here to break it all down. Yes, sir, man. And it's going to be a colossal series, man. And just quick to mention, the last time the Celtics and the Warriors faced off, it was Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell. So mm. gotta, we got to throw that out there. You know what I'm saying? Over 50 years. So, yeah. yeah. That, that was a heavyweight match, too, man. <laughs> Very Yo, I got to ask you, uh, did you see that video of Kyle Lowry, I, I mean, Megan Thee Stallion, uh, running that 40 yard dash? <laughs> Hold on, before you even say that, I love how, yes, I did see that video of Kyle Thee Stallion. No, I'm playing. But, uh, <laughs> no, I haven't seen that video of Megan Thee Stallion, bro. Oh, you didn't? I sent it to the group chat. Ah, it was funny. It was funny because um, I think it was just some like pre-draft NFL hype video and they had Meg out there like doing some combine drills. But they put in a voiceover of someone talking about <laughs> another prospect. And it was it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Oh, man. Now I got to see that, man. With that lower body, it's unbelievable. Look at the body. Look at that bubble butt. <laughs> Thighs. <laughs> 
I mean, that's a big power generators, right? <laughs> no way, yo! I'm glad that you told me that that's Meg the Stallion, though. Not to say that that makes it any better, but I'm glad that you told me that that was Meg the Stallion before you played that clip. Because I would have had a lot of questions for that uh, draft announcer for sure. Still got a lot of questions. I don't know, Ooh, but that's that's jokes. He said, oh, "Look man. at those power generators." <laughs> yeah, thank God it wasn't actually audio of the guy talking about Meg Stallion because he would have had a whole different set of issues on his hands. But uh, nonetheless, oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh, I didn't actually know that. I thought, okay, you see, because I took it out of context. Yes, do not cancel that guy. <laughs> <laughs> facts, facts. Yes, sir. Yeah, guys, man, as you know, we've been doing a lot to get more content out to you guys. More YouTube videos, more reels, more videos, more podcasts. You know what I'm saying? Trying to keep you guys entertained. You know what I'm saying? And with more power always comes more responsibility. You know what I'm saying? We've been having a lot more views, a lot more comments, a lot of love. On a lot of our episodes and a lot of our videos. So first off, that shouts out to you guys. You know what I'm saying? But Absolutely. second off, me and Ty, we got into the lab. We're discussing a couple things. You know what I'm saying? I thought, what better way than to include our fans, our family into the podcast? Ty, why don't you break it down for him, brother? Yes, and just a little more background. This was all spurred, inspired by one of our loyal, loyal listeners. This guy is always commenting, interacting on our posts, and that's something we love. We love to talk to the people that are enjoying and, and, and consuming our content because, um, I mean, obviously, we're trying to make the best show possible, the best videos possible, and it's all for the people that are listening. So, Stifism, big shout out to you. You had the idea for us to do some countdowns and videos on the best plays of the season and playoffs. So we're going to deliver. We're going to do that for you. So be on the lookout for that. If you're not following us already on our YouTube, TikTok, that's Hoop Plug. Just search Hoop Plug and you're going to find us on both. Um, be locked in because we're going to be dropping those videos soon. So big shouts out to you. Um, another one, Fick, loyal listener, previous guest on the podcast, has also big inspired a new out. segment called What If?, where we'll be discussing scenarios that almost happened in the NBA and their potential impacts on the game. So that's going to be debuting the week after the finals concludes. So be on the lookout. It's going to be a hoop plug summer, y'all. I just want y'all to know that, all right? Just because NBA stopped doesn't mean we stopped, all right? So be on the lookout. We are going to keep coming full-fledged with the greatness. Man, Ty just created the hashtag of the year, man. Hashtag of the summer. I mean, you know, the hey. self-explanatory, right? Guys, make sure everywhere you go, it's a hashtag, hoop plug summer. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it wouldn't be right if I also shouted out the boys, them. You know what I'm saying? I hope I'm saying your YouTube name, your, your social media name, right? Stifism, bro. You've been one of the most loyal supporters outside of our group of family and friends that we personally know, Thanks. bro. So I want to give you a huge shout out, man. Much love. Message us, man. Maybe we can get up. We could chop it up about something. Maybe we could even have you on the pod at some point, bro. You know what I'm saying? We got to show the love. It. Return the love that you've been showing, bro. So, shouts out to you guys. Y'all check him out. I don't know if he does any content or anything, but we're going to get up with him. And who else better than the bro, man? And I feel it's only right if I shout out Fick, I shout out my boy Dilly Z, who's hardworking at real estate right now. So, he doesn't have all the time to tune in week to week. But he always does catch up when he catches up his four or five eps and videos at a time. Well, with that being said, though, shouts out to Dilly Z, but huge shouts out to my boy Fick. 
you know, he brought this suggestion to us. He's been a constant listener, constant contributor to the podcast, man. And, man, shouts out to you, bro. And just not to be corny, it's the day after my 26th birthday. I met these guys when I was 18 years old. And a lot of the stuff that we were talking about back then is really starting to come into fruition, guys. So I'm proud of you guys. Proud of the gang. You know what I'm saying? And uh, sky's the limit, you know? Sky's the limit. What better way to end the 67th episode of the Hoop Plug? With some love for the fans. All right. For us, as always, let me know where we put that plate. Thank you guys for tuning in. And... Put some flavor in.